Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 23rd, 2017. My name is Philip Rossmerich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We have a fun show for you planned today on this Monday episode of the Locked On Magic podcast. Of course, we'll have a complete recap of Sunday's loss to the Golden State Warriors. Talk a little bit about Friday's win over the Milwaukee Bucks because we like to talk about good things as well. Uh, some So just some general trends uh, from the two games this weekend. Uh, I'm also going to talk a little bit about Mario Hazonia as he's begun to get a little bit more of an opportunity and, and is beginning to, I think, see some confidence and, and feel some rhythm and, and, and getting back into the swing of things in the rotation. Then I'll close out today's show with five questions I have for the third quarter of the Magic season, or just some questions that I have for the third quarter of the Magic season. Some of them I'm sure I'll touch on uh, throughout the show as well. So just some, just again, just kind of looking forward. Last week we did our kind of midseason recap. Just going to close that out a little bit with what I want to see in the next 20 or so games. We're obviously, I think, four or five games into the third quarter of the season already. The Magic are one in four, I think, uh, since they hit the midpoint of the season. So obviously... A lot of work to go, but let's start with the game against the Golden State Warriors, and the reality is they are the Golden State Warriors. They are a really, really good basketball team, and they make you pay for every single little mistake you make, and Golden State came out sloppy, which was expected considering the, the noon start time. The Magic took advantage. They hung around. They let, they they were, they were led by 11 at one point. They were tied at 50 at the half, and then the third quarter happened. And the Golden State Warriors just poured it on in the third quarter, um, as they want to do. 42 points in the third quarter, 16 from Stephen Curry. They actually had eight three-pointers and six field goals in the paint and just 14 field goals in the quarter. So all their all essentially, this was like the Daryl the Daryl Morey dream. Their, their, all their shots, all their makes in the fourth quarter were either field goals or either three-pointers or in the paint, which are the two most efficient shots in the game. And while I thought the Magic had a very good defensive game plan, I thought they played it very, very well. I thought they did a good job getting out on shooters, making the Warriors go to the areas they wanted them to go to, um, protecting the paint decently well. All that went out the window in the third quarter. The, game, the difference in this game, it was a 118-98 final for the Warriors. The whole difference in this game was that third quarter. Orlando just could not get uh, the stops that they needed. They couldn't get the shots that they needed. Um, and, and, and Vogel said afterward, and I'll play that clip in a little bit, um, Vogel said after the game that you know he thought the Magic moved the ball really, really well in the first half, and, and the, you know the only way to combat Golden State when they're making shots is to make shots yourself. And, and Orlando just couldn't come up with the shots. 11 for 25 in, in the quarter is decent, but not when the other team is shooting 56%, and that team is the Golden State Warriors. In the end, the Magic weren't good enough, but but still did some nice things. Yeah, there's just no margin for error, and um, you know you, the way you, you, you punch back is by making shots yourselves and by moving the basketball yourselves. 
um, because they're going to hit guarded shots and they're going to get you in scramble situations where the shooters are open. And um, you know, you got to play both ways against these guys. I thought we moved the basketball really well uh, most of the night, and um, you know, a lot of possessions uh, led in open three, led to open threes that we missed. And when you're missing open threes, they're they're on the break, and you know, it compounds the effect. So. Um, you know, proud of, proud of the way our guys came out, but you know, obviously that quarter was too much for us. That was Magic head coach Frank Vogel after Sunday's 118-98 loss to the Golden State Warriors, a sellout at the Amway Center, a packed crowd, and obviously an energetic crowd uh, with the opponent that was in town. Stephen Curry again, just just absolutely amazing. 16 of his 27 points in that third quarter. Uh, Kevin Durant 15 points. Aaron Gordon actually did a decent job on him. Six assists though as well. Um, Warriors got some good contributions off their bench. JaVale McGee had 13 points, and Patrick McCall had 10. Klay Thompson, 21 points on seven three-point makes. But like Vogel said, the Magic did some very nice things throughout that game. And honestly, I would say built on a very nice win over the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday. That was a 112-96 to win where the Magic used the third-quarter run to put that game out of reach in a game that really felt like Orlando— had complete control over the game for the most part. Jeff Green made a big energy impact in that game in the first quarter to, to, to help erase a, an early 10-point deficit. And from there, the Magic always seemed to have a 6- or 7-point lead until they finally put that game away. Aaron Gordon with some great defense on Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, and then eventually switching on to Jabari Parker, who was torching Serge Ibaka um, like he did in that first meeting. Uh, Orlando defensively really dominated that game. They played with a lot of really good energy. Uh, they Again, I, I say this a lot. They like to direct players to kind of the short corner. They want them taking mid-range jumpers. Uh, and I thought they did a very, very good job um, of playing that way. Again, even in the uh, Golden State game, I thought they did a very, uh, a mostly good job of directing players where they wanted them to go. Golden State is just that much better than the Magic. I mean, they 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 when they want to pass the ball and they want to move the ball where they want to move it, it's going to get there because because that's what teams like them do. And and Golden State was was very very good throughout the night. Twenty seven assists on forty two field goal makes says it all. But Orlando was was no slouch either. Twenty five assists on forty two field goal makes. It looks like they actually matched field goals. The difference being the nineteen three pointers that the Warriors hit. That's what the Warriors do. Um, it almost, I mean, you don't want to have a moral victory. You don't want to say that, oh, you know, the Magic went out and played played their best and, and, and they still ended up with a loss. Um, it's still a loss. It still counts as a loss. But the Magic have built some good games now in a row. Um, you, you, the New Orleans game and the Denver game were bad losses and the team played really poorly. But when even when you go back to that West Coast trip, I thought they played well against the Clippers. I thought they played well against the Jazz. I thought they played well against the Blazers in a game that they won. Uh, and and now they've played well against the Bucks, and, and I would argue played well against the Warriors. Obviously, they got to translate these into wins. But Orlando does seem to be moving in a generally positive direction. I think the defensive intensity is, is back a little bit. They they hung their heads a little bit when Golden State made their run, and, and obviously that's just again kind of what the Warriors do to teams. They they really de- demoralize them uh, with with that kind of uh, offensive onslaught. But the Magic seem to be going in the right in, in the right direction, and, and um, you know they need something positive to happen because obviously Jody Meeks is out now for for a while. DJ Augustin sprained his ankle uh, in the in the loss of the Warriors on Sunday. He's now questionable. It's looking like the Magic are going to have to shuffle their lineup a little bit more again. They signed Anthony Brown from the D League to a ten day contract. He came in, 
had had some nice minutes in garbage time for for the Magic on Sunday, just fresh off the plane. Um, contributed something to the Magic, and then he's uh, on the D-League's website. He's listed as the third best prospect in the entire league, uh, number one pick for the D-League draft. He's someone that, you know, you don't expect a lot from him, but uh, I do like the si- I do like bringing him in on a 10-day and, and giving him his shot, and, and it looks like he's going to be able to, to produce something and at least give the Magic that depth at the two that they're really missing right now, and especially now that it looks like C.J. Watson's going to have to play more point guard than, than I think the Magic want him to um, they're going to need that depth even more. Running through some final stats before we move on. Alfred Payton, 23 points on for 18, shooting 10 assists. He continues his stellar play. He's been really, really consistent, really, really good of late. Like I said, he's generally a barometer of how well the Magic are playing, so he played well. The Magic generally played well. Again, they lost by 20, so you know you don't want to read too much into that. That's obviously not directly correlated, but generally, Alfred Payton plays well. The Magic play well, so a good sign from him. Jeff Green, Bismack, Biombo with 12 points each off the bench. Nikola Vucevic and CJ Watson also with 12 points. Watson shooting 4 for 10. Good to see him make some shots there. Serge Ibaka, 10 points in just more than 20 minutes as his minutes have declined a little bit in the last few games. Again, overall, Magic played well for about 24 minutes. They had a disastrous third quarter. And when you have a disastrous quarter against the Warriors, the Warriors put you away. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. But like I said, uh, there there is some question now about that two guard rotation. Um, initially, the mat, when Jody Meeks went out, uh, Frank Vogel said he was going to try um, a couple of different lineups to, to fill that role. He was going to you know run some CJ Watson in there at the two. Which he's, Watson started the last two games without Jody Meeks in there. Uh, he said he would try some DJ Augustin, Alfred Payton lineups. And he would eventually try Mario Hazonia a little bit at the two as well. Hazonia has been in the rotation now since that since the loss of the LA Clippers on the West Coast trip. Um, he, Frank Vogel has decided, made a very conscious effort that he's going to go back to him and give him some playing time. And admittedly, I mean, Vogel, I think, even said this at the beginning of this whole experiment, it's going to take some time for Hazonia to get back into rhythm and get back into... Uh, into the swing of things uh, as far as playing. He's got to get his timing down. And, th- and that was something that Hazonia echoed echoed to. Um, I-, I got a chance to talk to him f- before Friday's game against Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you know, obviously first time that I was able to talk to them since they got back from the road trip before shoot-around there. Uh, and uh, he noted that, yeah, it's, it's going to take me some time to get back into rhythm, but it's going to come. Um, for me, it was, it was super hard because as Wood said and as the coach said, I go like I want it all immediately. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, really hard to, for me, uh, personally, to be patient like that. But it's it's working, you know. In the beginning, you, you think like I don't trust you, you know, mm-hmm. like that that's not gonna be like what you're saying. But like they are they are they've been around for a, for a while. They know what they are saying. They're not saying that uh, because they don't like or whatever it's just to make to make you better so mm-hmm. and uh, as you i mean it takes time so as uh, as the time is going by you realize it's uh, you got to be like that mm-hmm. so 
That was Mario Hazonia uh, before Friday's game, uh, talking about his development uh, on the roster and within the rotation. Um, Frank Vogel has said throughout this entire process, whenever he asked about about Hazonia, he would get his chance. I mean, it was it was just a a matter of his struggles at the beginning of the season. He wasn't quite getting the defensive schemes, and 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 obviously his shot was struggling. I mean, his, his shooting troubles this year have been pretty well noted. Uh, he just kind of fell out of the rotation. He just needed more work behind the scenes. And obviously, once the schedule gets going, there is less and less practice time and less and less ability to show off what you can do. Well, now Hazonia is getting his chance. And certainly, uh, there are still plenty of people who believe Hazonia should start. And, and I'm actually one of them. I thought I thought that what Vogel should have done was was started Hazonia at the two. Just get, I mean, throw, throw him into the fire a little bit. Get, get him some playing time. Uh, Watson does a lot of really good things defensively. There's there's no denying that at this point. But his offense has been very very poor. I mean, um, there's there's no doubt. And 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 it, Watson's future on this team is is not so great. Is not looking so so great at least or not. Um, it is not clear. Let's 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 put it that way. Um, it's very possible now that Augustin is likely going to be out a few games. That Hazonia moves into that starting lineup as the starting two guard. Uh, Vogel did also note that he wanted to play Hazonia at the three more uh, for matchup purposes, um, just to make sure he's in a position for success defensively, um, which obviously defense has been uh, the big bugaboo with Hazonia. But Hazonia acknowledged that it's going to take that it would take some time for him to get into rhythm, and he said, "Yeah, it, it's feeling like it's a little bit more comfortable." I mean, he's getting his timing back uh, with his passes. You saw some great passes from Hazonia in Sunday's loss to the Warriors. His shot will slowly come back. He's starting to make some shots as well. Um, it's it's still very much a work in progress. I mean, in in in. Sunday's game, he shot three for eleven and one for seven from beyond the arc. So Hazonia is still missing a lot of shots, um, but generally, he's doing the right things. He's he's not making as many mistakes defensively, which is a very good sign. Um, he's definitely, and I, I think this was always the case. He always put in good effort. Effort is never a question with with Hazonia, and, and Vogel has said it. It's just kind of the finer things. It's it's making that second effort on on a on a on a play defensively, you know, like uh, one way Hazonia often gets beat is he'll, his man will pass the ball and he'll relax a little bit and his man will attack that and cut and, and get, and he'll get beat. Uh, Another thing that Hazonia still does that, that that's a little shaky is he'll overcommit to digging into the ball or overcommit to ball watching and his man will, you know, drift off to the corner and it's just too far for Hazonia to go close out. And, and so it's, it's, again, it's not anything big with Hazonia. It's, it's little things. That, and nuances that need to click in. I mean, even Hazonia said it on Friday that there, there are still moments where he's lined up on the wrong side of the floor just because he hasn't had the reps. Uh, so as he gets more reps, which he's been getting now, uh, certainly in practice now in games, he's going to get more comfortable. And I think we're beginning to see that. And, and that's why, um, you know, this stretch where Jody Meeks is out is such a big opportunity for Mario Hazonia. I mean, Obviously, he's the shiny new toy. He, I mean, he was the fifth overall pick in last year's draft. Um, everyone wants to see him succeed. Uh, you know, I, I, I get hit on social media a lot because I'm, I'm critical of Hazonia. I, I, I won't hide behind that. I've been very critical of Hazonia in, in a lot of ways, but it's, it's constructive criticism because I want to see Hazonia succeed. I believe he can still be a, a very good player for this team, and or at least someone who can contribute off the bench. Which, you know. Maybe it's not what you want out of a fifth, out of the fifth overall pick in the draft, but if you draft a player that can contribute to your team, 
that's not a bad pick. I mean, a bad pick is someone who can't contribute at, at all. Sorry, I hit my mic there. Um, a good, uh, you know, you you know, is he would he be a great pick or the right pick? That's that's another debate. But you want someone that will contribute to your roster, and Hazonia can still get there, but he's still got a lot of work to do, and 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 that's just the bottom line with him. I mean, he didn't come into the league a finished product, and maybe the Magic needed more of a finished product because they're trying to win games so badly, uh, and so Hazonia uh, is in that weird nether world where he's they're trying to develop him. Well, at the same time, uh, making sure that he's contributing to a winning cause, um, I think is the best way to say it. Um, but Hazonia is doing the right things. Um, he's saying the right things. It, he, he, he work, he's working hard. He's putting in the effort. The question is just production. It's now about results. The process has been fine with him, uh, and, and now he's getting his opportunity. And I think that opportunity is only going to grow uh, from here on out, I, I think he'll be part of the rotation for the rest of the season, even when Fournier comes back, even when Meeks comes back. I think they'll find a way to get him in there. Uh, and obviously, he's got to earn it, though. He's got to keep he's got to keep playing well and, and keep generally doing the right things. And you know, the way he played Friday, I thought he did the right things. And, and generally Sunday, I thought he was okay. I, I didn't I didn't notice anything particularly bad with how he played on on Sunday. So building on some good performances now. Earning a little bit more trust, which is the big, bigger thing, is just, I mean, what, what he said in that quote there is, you know, he just didn't really have the coaching staff's trust. And, and you know, he was a little frustrated that he got benched and, and you know, didn't understand why, but he, he sees that reason now. And, and it seems like he's learned some lessons and he'll he'll figure out the rest of his game and, and get back on track uh, in, in the meantime. We're now five games into the third quarter of the season, and, and I, I, I'm arbitrarily splitting the season into quarters this year. Um, this just, you know, it's a good time to check up on things. And so we, we hit the midpoint of the season, and so I asked on OrlandoMagicDaily.com last week, what are the Magic's goals in the third quarter of the season? The, the, the fun, I mean, this team is a weird team when you, when you take that, my, that, my, yeah, that microscope and scale it back and look at the big picture. They started the first quarter. The first quarter of the season, the first twenty-one games, they had the third best defensive rating in the league. For the next twenty games, they had the third worst defensive rating in the league. So this team has had some wild swings, and 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 that has been a big question for the team. And so honestly, in the next for for the Magic on the court for the next twenty-one game for the next twenty or so games, they've got to find that identity and become more consistent. I mean, it's something we've been harping on pretty much since the summer, but harping on more so in the second quarter of the season, in the last month or so of the season. They just don't seem to have an identity and don't seem to be committed to what worked earlier in the year. And and Vogel's had some theories on that. He said at some point, you know, when we were really good defensively, we started focusing our practice time on offense to try and get the offense back, and, and we lost a lot of our defense, and maybe we should have focused a little bit more on defense, and that, that seems to be where their focus is now, and, and they're trying to get it back, and the game against Milwaukee was very encouraging. Um, I thought that was a, a really fine defense, a really strong defensive performance, probably their best uh, in a while, and, and so they have those still in them, and, and the offense has come along now where you you can generally trust the offense is going to score points, but if, if the Magic can string together some stops, get out on the break especially, they can be a really dangerous and, and, frank, and, and fun team to watch, and so that's something that the Magic are still working to do is be consistent. 
Know what you're going to get from the team from one night to the next. And that's about building identity. That's about building a culture. That's that's about all that stuff. If the Magic can do that, they'll have a successful third quarter season. I mean, I don't know if it's enough to get back into the playoff hunt, but it's certainly enough to, you know, make some noise or at least at least begin to build some wins and then see where you're at. Because I think the big overarching theme of this third quarter of the season is what direction the Magic will move in the future. Because in this third quarter of the season, within the next 20 or so games now, I guess it's 15 because we played five already, the trade deadline is going to happen. And February 23rd is going to be a very big day in Orlando Magic history. It's going to be the day where they, like I've said on a few occasions, they're going to set the path for their organization for the next two to three, maybe four years, depending on what they go after. And as much as the Magic needs some direction on the court and need to know what their identity is, they also need to know their identity and what their plans are moving forward for the long term. Are the Magic going to commit to trying to make a a last-ditch playoff effort in 2017? And what are they willing to commit to get there? Are they going to settle and say, 2017's a wash. We need to build. We need to get an asset that's going to build us to 2018 and make the playoffs in 2018. Or are they going to kind of admit that the 2017 season was a bust and return to a kind of long-term vision and plan to rebuild? Are they going to recommit to young players? How are they going to complement the players on the roster that they want to keep? These are the big questions for the Orlando Magic in the third quarter of the season. This is the biggest question to me for the Orlando Magic in the third quarter of the season is how does the team move forward into the future? How does the team get better from here until then? And it's a, it's a, it is a very big question for the Magic. It is a huge question uh, on what they do to push the team, to push the franchise forward. It's, it's not just about this season. It's not just about making the playoffs. It's about pushing the whole franchise forward and, and finding a path. And, and a big part of that is going to be how they value Nikola Vucevic. Because Nikola, I mean, whether, I mean, Nikola Vucevic has been fantastic this season and, and he's obviously been incredibly loyal to the, to the franchise. Uh, I mean, I, I, I wrote this last week that, that I feel that I think he feels that he has a special responsibility to this franchise. And, and I think it hurt him a little bit to see the team kind of make these changes and for him to come off the, the bench for the for the time that he did. Uh, but he kept at it because I think he really appreciates the opportunity this franchise gave him and the time he's put in here. Uh, and he's played really well. He's looked very much like he's a vital player to the Orlando Magic this season with the way he's played defense and, and the offense that we know he can provide. But he's also probably the most expendable contract on the roster, or at least the most movable contract on the roster. Everyone knows they can have, I mean, not necessarily that they can have him, but he is a team-friendly deal. And, and if someone's looking to dump dump a salary or, or dump a, a, a starish player and, and clear some, some cap room, Nikola Vucevic is a guy you, you chase after or you inquire about. And, and that's kind of the issue with Nikola Vucevic is... Yes, you signed Bismack Biyombo to this long-term deal. How do you value Nikola Vucevic now? What is his import to the franchise? What is his import to the team? And 
What can you get for him at the end? And so I think the trade deadline is going to answer that question too. I think Vucevic is going to continue playing, obviously, and, and show his worth on the court. But he's, it's also going to come down to, to what the Magic see in their future and how much they value this key piece to the franchise for the last four years. The other piece to this, of course, is, I think, a more hopeful tone. Like, what are the Magic going to be selling their fans on for the next for next year? I mean, if I mean the Magic will be pushing for the playoffs. I, I don't think that the team will stop trying to win games. But at a certain point, you are going to have to sell your fans on buying season tickets to the 2018 season. And so that question, the big question for me in the third quarter of the season, is how much can Aaron Gordon grow? Can he become a more consistent offensive threat? In addition to what is looking like a, a future all-defensive first-team type talent. That's the bigger question. For, for anything for the Magic's development right now is because Gordon has shown flashes of some offensive brilliance. But there are also times that it looks like he forces a lot of things. Sunday's a perfect example. Gordon in Sunday's game was very bad. And, and Kevin Durant had a lot to do with this because Kevin Durant is a very good defensive player. But Gordon really struggled to make shots and really looked like he was forcing things. And no one's asking Gordon to to pretend like he's the star yet. But he's got to continue to let the offense come to him. But he's got to attack quick when he gets the opportunity and score when he gets the opportunity and, of course, make three-pointers when he gets the opportunity. And that's something that he is uh, still struggling a bit with. I mean, I think he was 0 for 6 from beyond the arc in Sunday's game. He took a lot of good open threes, and, and I asked Vogel about that. Uh, and and he said that, you know, we want we want him to shoot, but, you know, if you're missing some shots, you know, maybe you need to look to drive, maybe you need to look to move the ball. Um, thought he made some good decisions in, in, in the fourth, in the third, in the second half, um, passing up some open looks that because he just didn't have it that night. Like everyone else, we need to see more consistency from Gordon on the offensive end, but right now I think Gordon is the biggest hope for this Magic team. I think he's the 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 player with the most potential to grow and turn into something. I don't know if he will, but certainly has the most potential to do so, and I think that's that's a big piece to, to the third quarter of the season coming up this year. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the Lockdown Magic podcast. I hope hope everyone enjoyed watching the Warriors. I mean, I, I think the Warriors are fun to watch, even, even when they're beating the Magic. Uh, it was a good atmosphere in the Amway Center. Of course, Friday, second largest crowd in Amway Center history. Penny Hardaway getting his jersey retired. I, I'm sorry I didn't deliver the uh, special Penny Hardaway episode of Locked on Magic. Um, I hope that I'll have something ready for you guys tomorrow. Talk a little bit about Penny Hardaway um, as well. Um, you know, Maybe I'll do something closer to the All-Star break for him, but Penny Hardaway in the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. Great to see him back at the Amway Center. Crowd absolutely loved him, which was fantastic. And uh, there's a real energy in that building for that as well as the game. So uh, a great job by the Magic fans at the Amway Center. Um, and, and of course, great to see Penny Hardaway back back home, frankly. I mean, I, th- I think that's that's the truth of it. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. You can, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, and tune in. You can also find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as on Facebook, like us at Locked on Magic. I think that'll do it for today's episode. I want to thank everyone for listening once again. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We will see you all tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. 
are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.